0: My name is Christina, and thank you for checking into the Home for Wayward OCs. This is a podcast where a guest and I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. Guest, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Yes, my name is Flighty. My pronouns are she, her. I am FlightyButlass on Twitter. I am a wrestling fan, and I'm a wrestling fan artist, and I I design wrestling merchandise, so all about wrestling. Now,
0: I I feel like I should preface this episode by saying that most of my understanding of wrestling comes mm. from the fact that I have several friends who are
1: very into wrestling. Everybody has like the friends that they learn a little bit from. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's it's a <laughs> thing where it's like you you learn things about people's special special interests just by being in their proximity.
1: Absolutely,
0: <laughs> yes. So what I know about wrestling is uh, that the faces are... Mm. The faces are the heroic ones. The heels are the villainous ones. Yes. Uh, The the moves are real, even though everything might possibly be planned beforehand. Right. And basically, uh, wrestling is theater for people who don't want to support the arts.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. Wrestling is an art form in and of itself, and, you know...
0: wrestling is for viewers who maybe don't want to support the arts
1: (laughs) uh, yeah it's it's more diverse of a of a crowd of fans than people think and i think my ocs are going to reflect that a little bit and the 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 artfulness of it
0: Mm -hmm. i am (laughs) i am very glad to hear that and also i'm very glad (laughs) that i will be learning a lot about wrestling, and that I will yes. get to uh, correct some of my preconceived notions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll see. I kind of have to break the rules of wrestling in this universe a little bit, but if there are any terms that need explaining, mm. I can I can expand. When you say wrestling, do you mean the kayfabe? <laughs> the kayfabe, yeah. That's that's the that's the fake part. The kayfabe, yeah. Yes.
0: Um, yep. I guess with that in mind, uh, let's just jump right into it. So, who mm. are we going to be talking about today, Flighty?
1: All right. We're going to be talking about, um, I I, we, I have a lot of wrestling OCs. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> uh, you know, my favorite thing is how like, in in real life wrestling, how the characters interact with each other and weave all these intricate relationships and have all these histories. So I I make a lot of wrestling OCs, but obviously you know I'm going to give some more attention than others. And and oh yeah, my 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 main boy, my best boy, uh, his name is Warren Bishop, uh, uh nickname Ren, from a, a wrestling era around like the mid two thousands. You know mm, okay. Uh, when wrestling was just starting to become what it is today. And then then I have another group who are like the newer generation and these these generations like play with each other very much. But mm-hmm. my my O. C. Ren is definitely the one that kind of sets the the tone mm-hmm. for everything.
0: Now, since you said that Ren is your favorite, was yes. was he the
1: first of the set of wrestling OCs no. that you've created? <laughs> Actually, no. the the oh, newer okay. generation was the newer generation is very reflective of my side of the wrestling fandom. I would say it was mm. kind of like a, a queer kind of art collective. Like mm-hmm. you, these these kids are just trying to scrape by and have relationships and you know uh, make art out of you know this this wonderful violent medium. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I feel like I explored them to a point where I was like, okay, I need to have more people for them to play with and be mentored by. So then I got into the older generation who came before them, who is maybe considered like the most influential wrestlers that came before them. And that's where mm-hmm. uh, Vic came from. And also his tag partner. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Warren came for the later generation and his tag partner, his name is Victor and they mm-hmm. are uh a very much interesting story.
0: Yeah? Yes. So I guess the question then is, uh, where would you like to start? <laughs> work from first created <laughs> to to more recent creations or work in timeline order? So older generation than newer generation.
1: Um, where I want to start first is actually something a little more broad, which would be the kind of universe this is set in. Because mm-hmm. I, I do... It's interesting to think about wrestling in terms of like you know real and fake, because mm-hmm. you know there's things that happen like in the ring, the kayfabe of it, the the story and the planning, and then there's stuff mm-hmm. happening outside it. You know, no one is their character a hundred percent. You're not a yeah. zombie in real life. You got to take the makeup off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was a very hard thing for me to kind of reconcile those two things in a way I found interesting. Because I didn't want to have to, like, create two fictions. So in this wrestling universe, it's kind of more real, I guess. Yeah, how so? Like, the the fights are more real. People are still playing characters, but mm. it's mostly, like, there's <clears> no <throat> planning. No writing. And
0: okay, okay.
1: Yes. Uh, you know, you're still playing a character a little bit, but, like... No script, you're just kind of doing things Mm -hmm. off the cuff.
0: No, it it sounds to me like the difference between, like, again, to relate it back to stage theater, it's the difference Mm -hmm. between having a script and going in and doing, I think the trope is called, like, Adam Westing, where you're playing, like, an exaggerated version of yourself.
1: Yes. Okay, yes. Definitely like that. And there there are some unwritten rules, like all kinds of theater like that, like improv. There are, are some unwritten rules where the, the wrestlers are having to kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. not step on each other's toes or not go too far. And, you know, a lot of the drama with these these uh, characters comes that sometimes the rules do get broken. Lots mm-hmm. of fun conflict. Yeah. Um, there's also another... Uh, factor to this universe that I do for a very self-indulgent reason. yeah, shoot uh, you know the the idea of a gimmick, you know, a gimmick is basically your character, what makes mm-hmm, you different or something. Mm-hmm. but uh in this universe, I'd say there's like a little bit of magical realism.
0: oh, okay,
1: where your gimmick kind of like takes physical form. It's like you're kind of making your own special effects in a match. Ooh, yeah, like, it, okay. it manifests in different ways, you know, it's like, uh, Warren, for example, uh, he is very into eldritch imagery. So when he's in his darkest and spookiest in his heel mode, you can see mm-hmm. the shadows of tentacles around the ring, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. And the self indulgence of that comes from the fact that I enjoy thinking of these stories and building to these matches but I don't want to plan a whole match in my head I think that's kind of boring <laughs> I don't want to like okay now Irish whip do this sequence blah 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 blah, hit the finish you know mm-hmm. uh, there's definitely mm-hmm. elements of that but the the physical manifestation of the gimmicks in kind of a magical way is just a way for me to have f- more fun with it and like okay I don't have to plan this whole match if I can just you know have some special effects go off and kind of fill in the gaps in my uh the tv in my head so to speak
0: mm-hmm. and real real quick it just occurred to me um our are, our are, are ren and vic and the entire universe is this for like what kind of a narrative are you, are you creating with this is this just like <laughs> that you're telling through comics or in some kind of prose animation mm. i don't know
1: no, uh for me original characters have always just been like a very self indulgent like okay, TV okay. show for me to play for myself like when I'm trying to go to sleep and <laughs> yeah, any any spare second I have during the day it's like okay, let's check in, you know. I mm-hmm. I it's not like I'm uninterested in making it into something bigger that other people can enjoy, but it's such a personal and mm-hmm. Great undertaking that you know I'd have to to put my whole self into it, and I I just don't I'm not in a place to do that right now. So yeah, they're, they're That's for okay. me. And I I post fan art on on Twitter sometimes. So yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I th- I think all of that is is incredibly fair because <laughs> I I I know a lot of the characters that have been on this show have been ones where they are. Created for something, like created mm. for a writing project, created for right. a tabletop game. But mm. I'm I'm very glad that that this entire cast of characters and their whole world is like, <laughs> it can be something just for you. And I think we need to remember that more often.
1: <laughs> right. It started in earnest when I was kind of mm-hmm. burned out with wrestling that I was seeing. There wasn't a lot going on that I was really into. I think some of my favorite wrestlers were Hurt. I was just Mm -hmm. a little burned out. So I was like, well, other people have these wrestling OCs. What can I do? What can I make that I would like more than what's going on on my TV screen right now?
2: So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was Mm -hmm. to
1: kind of keep my love going without, you know, participating (laughs) in stuff I didn't really care for.
0: Yeah. And plus, I think there's a lot to be said for, you know... (laughs) participating in in fandom and interacting with interests mm. in a way that is healthy to you because god knows right. that social media can be <laughs> a sinkhole when it comes to that
1: definitely definitely yeah anything you can do to disengage is very helpful
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah <laughs> yeah so uh yeah establish the universe there are lots of different uh you know wrestling promotions in the universe Uh, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there are in real life, you know, you've got some that are all about character. You've all got some about story, about like the pageantry, some that want to make it like as real and emotional as possible. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the characters get kind of sorted into these promotions. um, But it's very much, you know, reminiscent to how it is in in real life where you kind of get your start at a training school and then go to the indies, just try to Mm -hmm. scrape by and get noticed. And then get signed to a bigger promotion. And that's where uh, Warren and Vic start. Um, you know, they they were childhood friends, like, always had this Aww. wrestling dream. And, yeah, are, are just kind of scraping their way um, on the independence and rise to kind of a, a, you know, greater popularity. Nice.
0: Good for them, because I... I, again, I don't know an awful lot about how professional wrestling works, but I mm. can't imagine that it is—that is an easy track of promotion.
1: <laughs> oh, definitely not. No, you gotta—you gotta, you gotta kind of stand out in good ways and bad, and that's—that's that's what these boys do. They're very—they're uh, young rabble rousers. They're you know about themselves, a little vain, you know, but very, very talented is the thing. Like I... I modeled them off a tag team called uh, the Motor City Machine Guns in real life. Um, just super influential, but kind of like underappreciated. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's these two are kind of finding thems- themselves in a similar situation where they're trying to get higher and higher, but you know, the various roadblocks.
0: Now, I want to touch on something that you just said, which is you mentioned how. Sometimes wrestlers can go from independence to Mm -hmm. getting to being more professionally prominent. I guess for good reasons or for bad
1: reasons. I'm curious what it
0: was for Red and Vic. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh it was for good reasons. It's because oh, they're good. both very talented. <laughs> yes. Uh it's it's a very common goal for a wrestler that, you know, you go over and you work in Japan, that's when you know you've made it. And that's that's where they mm. find themselves eventually, yes. Uh Warren, to get a little more into the character specifically, Warren's uh mm-hmm. it, it, there's there's a balance between these two as a tag team. Warren is very good and very uh physical, but not so charismatic you know he has just enough to get by and you know can Mm -hmm. cut good promos in a very believable way but Vic is more like super charismatic bright and bubbly and you know also an amazing wrestler but you know he's very much a charismatic Mm -hmm. presence that people want to be around and that's you know that's they they use these two qualities to lift each other up but eventually mm. they kind of clash and you know it it kind of leads to somewhat of an end of the friendship um Aww. because like like i said about the rules of this universe like some unspoken rules like you know these two have been working together forever and they love each other they probably love each other more than anybody you know they're they're mm-hmm. you know they're people but you break a rule just to try to get a little bit ahead. And then all of a sudden the friendship kind of comes crashing down. Yeah. Mm. I'm sorry to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's beautiful. It's like, that's, that's the thing about wrestling. Like it's taking the real kind of emotions that are happening in real life and then turning it into something amazing. And even though Mm -hmm. this is like, this universe is supposed to be all real. It still kinds of plays by those rules of like, okay, we're having drama. We're gonna eventually settle this in the ring one way or the other. And it it's sometimes that's where people's best work comes from is that conflict. So that's definitely the case mm-hmm. for the two of them. Yeah.
0: Do you mind if I ask what happened?
1: mmm Yes, that was a little vague. Let's let's get into it, yes. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, uh, they, they worked their way through the Indies, they're working in Japan, and, um, I, I'm trying to remember this part of the story, because it goes through uh, several iterations in my head, you know, I was like, okay, does mm-hmm, this make mm-hmm. sense? No, this makes more sense here, this makes more sense there, you know? So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, uh, I guess... It was the fact that Vic was getting more attention from the people Mm. in charge of wrestling. All of a sudden, he's become more popular when he kind of wasn't with people in charge. You know, he's, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of a hothead and causes drama while Warren plays, you know, the politics of wrestling better, you know, Mm -hmm. behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, Vic starts to get, you know, a lot more attention, gets noticed, and gets pushed to a, you know, higher leveled in Warren fighting on his own instead of a tag team. And mm-hmm. it it becomes a situation where Warren is like, okay, well I have to rise up to meet him. We're best friends. We have to keep fighting together and the way for me to do that mm-hmm. is to oppose him. So he does this, but in doing so, kind of break breaking like these unwritten rules of like, oh, well, I've got something going on. Don't interfere with it. He interferes with it. Mm. And yeah, this was like you know when when your friends like these two, you're always talking about things that are going on in the business. You're like, oh, can you believe this person did that? You know they're so scrummy. You know it's like, yeah, I yeah, never. This is so. How could you do that? So for Warren to do it to Vic was like a huge betrayal, like of a, of an old promise, and yeah, mm. from there, he, you know, he turns heel, becomes a bad guy. Like you said, you know, heel and face. He turns heel and kind of embraces this kind of mm-hmm. Eldritch persona. He loves Eldritch imagery, you know, the tentacles and Cthulhu and all that. Just kind of embraces this kind of like like prophet who, you know, very spooky. And mm-hmm. and uh yeah, uh, just kind of screws Vic out of a match uh, against one of their mentors, you know, he comes ah. in and kind of takes the match for himself, injures his friend, you know, mm-hmm. and he's doing this in hopes that it will create, uh, you know, a story for them down the road. He's like, yes, we, we're we going to feud eventually, you know, we're going to have this fight and it's going to be amazing. But at that mm-hmm. point, Vic is like, no, you broke a promise. I'm I'm leaving Japan. I'm going to a different company you're not going to see mm-hmm. me for a while and yeah yeah that that's they they split apart at that point in a way that you know leaves both of them very like unfulfilled and unhappy
0: i i can definitely see that and <laughs> i i understand i can understand how having an antagonistic relationship when you're perform when when you're performing when you're wrestling could Mm -hmm. be harmful I guess I was trying to think Mm. of a word that was like not derogatory but not beneficial but harmful I guess is the Mm. word I was looking for but something that could be harmful to their friendship outside the ring
1: (laughs) right it's a very common thing in in wrestling just all over you know so the egos get hurt and you know
0: Mm -hmm. it
1: Mm -hmm. interferes with your source of money and your creative ideals so you know it, it does create a lot of drama um in yeah
0: in some ways i feel like it might be like psychologically easier <laughs> i guess <laughs> if if your gimmick is one that is like very very separate from or very very differentiated from you as a person right like, i think right. <laughs> one of the only wrestlers that i know is um oh gosh the one with the dragon mask El ray
1: i think oh right mm-hmm. Uh, there's Ray um, Mysterio. I, I don't know, like maybe, specific dragon masks. Maybe that's the one I was thinking
0: of. But like, mm. like if you have if if your gimmick is one where it's like, hi, I am I am a dragon and the and the son of a I don't know the son of a god or something. <laughs> that yeah, to, to me that feels like that would be easier to like. To, like divorce from your actual identity outside of the ring to stop like bleed and like actual losses
1: of friendships but <laughs> right right and I that that is definitely the case that is definitely the case here because warren is just like very you know mild-mannered or whatever and mm-hmm. when he becomes his heel he just takes on this deeper darker persona and it's it's very much not him entirely but you know, there is that separation of him and his character, while Vic is a little more like surface level. He's very uh you know, just he is himself and that's great, but it also just makes things a little more personal.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> this is probably a good point for me to mention that when I was uh, taking notes on the, mm. on the different characters before we started recording, I just mm. wrote down that Vic, that Victor was a charming people pleaser with anxiety. Correct?
1: <laughs> yes, correct. Yes, and uh, the uh, once their split kind of happens, that's when his anxiety is at his worst. That's when it really gets into like mm-hmm. themes of like because you know this is this is all taking place at this point in the story around like. 2015 and onward where you know i feel like mental health conversations are just starting to happen especially for men so the Mm -hmm. story once once they split up the story definitely veers into that of like okay how is he going to handle this severe anxiety that he's really never had before um and in a similar vein to that and also warren having kind of two very different personas is his partner um, mm-hmm. who he met in college, who is, like, just can't stand wrestling. Is like, kind of traumatized <laughs> by wrestling due to having a wrestling father who wrestled in the 80s when things uh, were the scummiest and yeah. just was kind of a deadbeat dad because of it. So his his partner, later wife, like, he has to try to keep these lives separate as much as possible, but also, mm-hmm. like she is struggling with her place in the narrative as well it's like well i can't be you know separate from it entirely because you know i love warren and i also love vic they're both very they're all a very good group of friends but Mm -hmm. yeah she's also trying to find her place in this yeah well protecting her fragile emotions
0: yeah i i i do not
1: envy tess at all (laughs) Yes, Tess is a very strong woman, but also very just. Okay, I I love her so much, but she really is struggling mm-hmm. uphill with everything in her life. Having married this wrestler, it's like, oh, sorry, yeah. girl, you fell in love with the wrong guy.
0: <laughs> Especially when, and please correct me if I'm wrong here, Flighty. Yes, it it feels like the it feels like when it comes to i guess fans of wrestling mm-hmm. in relation to the wrestlers themselves mm-hmm. it feels like 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 the the scale of fandom for mm-hmm. an investment in wrestling i feel like has a much steeper slope than it does for like other celebrities mm-hmm. like uh, you go from you go from yeah. 0 to f- you go from like just knowing about it approximately to uh-huh. being very invested in right. and like parasocial relationships with absolutely the people that you th- with the wrestlers whose work you yes. follow much faster than yes. with like a actor or something
2: 100
1: percent. yeah wrestlers are so accessible they uh, they are on twitter all the time and are just replying to people because mm-hmm. it's kind of like part of the job you know there's no most of them don't have agents doing the work for him they don't have pr except you know when they're signed to big companies and even then it's kind of like while you're on your own, so they are their own PR and their own, you know, public uh, image and all that. So it's it's very much they're very accessible to fans in order to mm-hmm. kind of like build that popularity, Relations. especially <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially in the age of social media. So yeah, that there that is definitely a source of conflict, especially for you know someone like Tess mm-hmm. who does not want to be involved at all, but you know can't can't quite get away from it no matter how much she wants to be
0: Hmm. and <laughs> i'm really really hoping that in universe people aren't trying to i don't know like <laughs> that the people aren't trying to make tess invested when she doesn't want to be
1: <laughs> i i think uh she can stay as far enough away as possible but it, it is true that like Fans are definitely invested in Warren and Vic, because in making all these characters, pretty much, my, my mm. thought process, like, or I guess the ones I get attached to the most are the ones I think about and try to realize, it's like, okay, which characters would make my friends on Twitter the most feral? like who would be absolutely like going off the walls for these two if they Mm -hmm. split up and then became enemies and then fought and got back together after like however many years that they weren't friends it was like yeah who would make everybody just go absolutely bananas and Mm -hmm. that was a lot of uh in modeling these two giving them a lot of the elements of what people love to obsess over. Because, you know, everybody has their archetypes, you know, they like the, the angry brats or the goths or the, you know, absolute assholes. And yeah, there's there's a lot of that in these two of just like, okay, let's let's give them some fan service. Mm-hmm. Mm hmm.
0: If it's okay, I kinda wanna I kinda wanna pivot in a sure. little bit of a different direction. Um Yeah. Which is basically like, so after 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 Ren and Vic have their have their both in ring and out of ring breakup mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, uh, yes. Wh- where do they go and uh, how do they end up mentoring uh, people in the newer generation of wrestlers?
1: Yes, uh, that's a that's a good way to pivot because. Uh, yeah. Once they set set off in kind of their singles career, you know, working by themselves, uh, they really get reputations amongst fans as being kind of some of the mm-hmm. best wrestlers in the world. They're just both like taking that energy and channeling it into amazing work, and that's kind of where the newer generation comes in because these are the guys they would be watching
2: as mm-hmm. fans
1: and wanting to model their careers after. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Um, the, the, the group of newer wrestlers I have are called the studio. They're kind of like a queer art collective, just all these little kids just trying their best and, you know, having relationship drama and, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to make this great art. Um, and I'd say the most, like this, this was actually, we've reached, uh, my first OC out of all of these, the ones that kind of, the one that kind of, uh, uh, started it all. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. out. His name is Eric Noya. He is the wayward Eric Noya. He is uh just a <laughs> bratty angry punk, who just like, he's he's very colorful and, you know, very very fun, but also just mm-hmm. wants to use the violence of wrestling in a very artistic way. There's something very cathartic about it to him. So he's just trying to express this angst um, through just getting beat up. Like, he's <laughs> he's very good at getting beat up. He's a, he's a good wrestler mm-hmm. for sure, but he definitely loses more than he wins, but that's one yeah. of the things the audience loves about him. They love to root for this very passionate, fiery underdog, mm-hmm. and that would be him. He's, yeah, just he's all about the struggle in some ways that are both, you know, natural and also self-inflicted. You know? Mm-hmm.
0: Now, is he more of a face or
1: more of a heel mm, I would say closer to a face just a okay. very violent face it's kind of a gray area where like mm-hmm. he's it just just so brutal in the ring but at the same time you know mm-hmm. he's not going to cheat unless somebody yeah. cheats against him it's it's kind of like street justice i guess is his style just you Okay know. okay i i will give as good as i get but you know he he's mm-hmm. a he's a nice guy he definitely more of a face but just loves the violence of it mhm mhm mm-hmm. yes and you know he has friends in this collective um they're very different but uh you know they they all work together to a common goal and then there's there's an opposition you know if you've got the studio that's more artistic mm-hmm. you've also got the clinic which is about you know the more of analytical kind of uh, sciencey gimmicks, you know, they're they're about their stuff. And the leader of this, his name's Eugene Eugene Wyatt, and mm-hmm. he is a uh, he is a psychology school dropout. That is both his real life Aww. and his gimmick. So he is using this this uh, you know not failed uh, uh, psychology school uh, run. Yeah, he, he he chose to exit and. Enjoying it's not easy, business. man. It's not. No, I'm so. Psych sure. degrees
0: are tough. I I don't blame <laughs> him, but also I feel bad for, for student debt.
1: <laughs> yes. No, he decided to put it all on wrestling because that's where his heart was. But mm-hmm. he is using this psychology knowledge that he gained in college to really just. I he's he's kind of a crooked therapist, like doing he's doing okay. like. He's doing malpractice, basically, on all the wrestlers he's joined up with. It's like, (laughs) you know, using somebody's daddy issues against them or just kind of like, you know, analyzing them and cutting promos about uh, all this stuff that he should not be privy Mm. to. So the two of them, uh, Eric and Eugene, butt heads a lot because, you know, there's this one very cool, collected, analytical side and then there's the fiery, artistic side Mm -hmm. and yeah, it, in the mix, like, Eugene is a very laid-back guy, like, in general. He doesn't want... I mean, he wants it to be as fake as possible so he can, like, disengage and then come back and be friends with everybody because he likes the camaraderie of the wrestling business. But mm-hmm, to someone mm-hmm. like Eric, it's so serious and it's his life. So it, it's kind of... Mm. They respect each other in a way, but are also just just total foils to each other.
0: Yeah. The the two yeah. ends of investment.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> Overinvested yes, and, and barely invested. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So yes, it's it's also kind of starting where Warren invicted, where they're all in the Andes and mm-hmm. are becoming very popular. It's more reflective of here in the 2010s of what the Andes are like, where you're just getting really popular really fast depending on you know what what your deal is how good you are at twitter basically and all these kids are so good at twitter (laughs) Uh (laughs) always always getting eyes on them on social media so yeah uh Mm -hmm. they they become very popular on the indies and are making a good living but eventually they they are getting signed to bigger uh promotions and that's where they're meeting uh warren specifically eric and warren Mm -hmm. uh kind of become, like, a mentor-mentee kind of relationship.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm am interested what Warren brings to the table as a mentor for Eric in particular, because, I mean, you mentioned how Warren is one who, uh, during his earlier days, was less, mm. less publicly, outwardly charismatic. Um, right. And that feels like it could be a lot of, I don't know, trying to rein Eric in.
1: Mm.
0: you're the one yeah. you're the one who knows what's going on here so no
1: definitely it's it's becomes a subtle change in Warren I think as time goes on um mm-hmm. it's 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 very subtle character work I think somewhere along the lines he realizes oh I don't have much of a presence I can be kind of invisible how can I mm-hmm. use that to my strength and that's kind of where the eeriness of the character comes in it's like you never know what he's capable of because you don't think about him that much. That's just how he is. And and then, you know, he becomes this amazing wrestler and like, you know, people start to recognize, Oh, there's some kind of nuance to this performance. Mm -hmm. Um, And and these things are all subjective. Like when I think about the most popular wrestlers in the world, you're like, Oh, this guy's amazing. Somebody's like, Oh no, 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 that guy's trash. Like, you know, wrestling fans so divided, but for the most Mm -hmm. part, People are, you know, recognizing that he's re- he's working on a different level. And I think Eric, who's a real fan of the medium, like, it, there's, mm-hmm. the term for it is called a smark. A smart mark. A mark <laughs> is somebody who believes everything in wrestling. They're like, oh, this is real. Oh, you know, gets kind of tricked by the performances of it. A smark is somebody who thinks they know better. And okay. I feel like... Eric and his friends are kind of in that. It's like, oh yeah, we know what's going on. You know, we we can we can see the nuances. We're not going to get worked by everything. You know, we're not going to mm-hmm. be fooled. And mm-hmm. as as a fan like that, he can look at Warren and be like, okay, I can see what he's doing, and I know I should be learning from him. Whether or not they're particularly compatible, he knows that he has a lot to learn from him um, mm-hmm. in terms of making people just. By who he is, so yeah, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of respect uh, from Eric to Warren specifically. Not a lot of conflict, but he's he's very much uh, yeah respectful to him as a mentor.
0: Okay, and now I want to kind of turn the tables. Sure. Uh, what does uh, as as mentor and mentee, what mm. does Eric teach Warren?
1: Mm. Uh. It's it's a similar situation Eric is in kind of to where he is like teaming and wrestling with one of his best friends slash partners mm-hmm. in a in a romantic sense, uh, and Warren is seeing this and kind of being a little, you know, like it's setting off a lot of feelings about how he could have done things differently with Victor, so. Mm-hmm. He is he is kind of looking at this relationship and how the kids are doing things different nowadays. They're more open and, you know, less about, uh, you know, trying to backstab each other and kind of... Yeah. It's, it's inspiring him to take a second look at his relationship with Vic.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Good. I'm... Um- <laughs> <laughs> I'm very I, I mean I'm very glad to hear that especially because like I mean I mean you said that Eric is part of a queer collective and mm. I I I think that is something that is I, I that's something that I'm very glad to see coming mm. to more prominence. Less, Definitely. Less compulsory heterosexuality. <laughs> or even yes, he, even
1: hetero and cisgender normativity. <laughs> right and in this universe I'm definitely like it's very much of today's time but also I'm just kind of bending the rules it's like no these locker rooms are so gay you don't even know (laughs) and also there is a lot more intergender wrestling you know a lot like some promotions are just completely mixed gender like you know women fighting men and like you know they have their own divisions but can also fight each other if they so choose so yes I, I am making it more of the kind of world I want to see and that it is slowly becoming as well. Um, yeah, this I feel like the the studio is very reflective of things that are going on in wrestling right now on the indies specifically. Mm-hmm. There are, you know, LGBT specific shows every year run by queer wrestlers and all their friends. So that was definitely the inspiration for this particular uh, stable of friends. Nice. Yes. And also, Eugen is not excluded from that as well. He is bisexual as hell. But, you know, he's also, he's, you gotta have an evil bisexual in there to balance it out, too.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just realized that we've been talking for a while, but we haven't mentioned, uh, like, what their, what their outfits look like.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes. I, I have some art. I'm sure you'll share it, uh, on your Mm -hmm. Twitter, probably. But, Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah yeah uh warren is uh he he's a d and d fan you know likes the spooky stuff <sighs> likes the fantasy stuff so there there are elements of leather you know you got the leather boots and and all kinds of straps and leather elements and stuff like that um mm-hmm. yeah uh i haven't mentioned it at this point but uh his tag team with victor was called sex and violence <laughs> <laughs> which is like they insist that uh they they call themselves that after the muppets tv special not because they are, you know, doing violent sexual acts but <laughs> yes uh, they and it's very their their gear is also very reflective of that very, you know, racy punk kind of uh you know whatever young men were about in the the 2010s Mm-hmm. And and then you got mm-hmm. the newer the newer generation are just, you know, uh with Eric it's it's colorful, it's textural, it's uh jean shorts and fishnets, you know, just uh mm-hmm. yeah, just very unapologetically themselves and inspired by the generations that came before them. Nice. Now they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. I I really love designing the gear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm flipping through your, the pictures on your Twitter. Ah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about people, about wanting to make your friends go feral over these OCs, and I think that is extremely, uh, <laughs> extremely relatable.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's something, somebody for everybody there, for sure. Nice.
0: Um... Oh, real quick. Uh, I, mm. <laughs> different topic. Also, uh, I have a yes. note to myself here, which is, I want to hear about how how's their meme game.
1: The meme game? Oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah. Uh, Eric is definitely on point with the memes. He's all he likes the Twitter drama. You know, he he knows who's everybody's dating. He's all about the gossip. So if somebody crosses somebody the wrong way, he will be the first to respond and try mm-hmm. to to put them in their place. Yes, the no, the meme game with the younger wrestlers is very strong, for sure. I, mm-hmm. I would be so glad to see what the older generation would be posting. It's like... <laughs> it's, a, it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, like... The <laughs> What's the very, wrestling
0: equivalent to minion memes?
1: <laughs> I have no idea. But, yeah, the... the the, the the younger def- generation definitely has it on lock, for sure. <laughs>
0: I'm just I'm also just imagining like I don't know, Eric Eric filming a TikTok or something and <laughs> of of Warren just doing just going about his day like normal and setting it to some kind of fun TikTok trend yes. music.
1: <laughs> oh god. Sometimes I will make up like Uh, fan cams in my head because for every serious wrestler you know this is still a very serious business so so in real life this even the serious wrestlers have you know the the kind of funny moments that people compile and i think warrens would be particularly Mm -hmm. cute because in real life he isn't he he doesn't take himself that seriously as his character would so you know he can be silly with with everybody but yeah, yeah, there's stuff like that. And also some of them would definitely be vloggers. They'd be on YouTube just showing their travel and, you know, connecting mm-hmm. with the fans that way. But a particular favorite thing of mine, like when I don't know what else to think of or what channel to put on in my brain, I'm going straight to this. It's called a shoot interview, which is basically an out-of-character interview. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they're mm-hmm. usually done like by a wrestler to other wrestlers you know you sit down in some dinky hotel room after a show and just have some drinks and just you know interview each other you know maybe in character maybe and not but i like to i like Mm -hmm. to imagine what that would look like because i know Eugen would definitely have an interview show that would kind of be modeled after like a therapist's office it's like (laughs) okay we're gonna get in deep gonna get to your issues and you know in a fun mm-hmm. lighthearted way but you know because at the end of the day these are all just like friends talking to each other they're their colleagues in the business you know just having fun and yeah you know it's just trying to make good stuff for the fans so yeah that's one of my favorite mm-hmm. things to explore is like okay if he sat down and interviewed this person how would it go and yeah mm-hmm. it's like if ever I want to kind of learn more about the characters, I just kind of put them in those scenarios and just let them do their thing. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like introducing two cats.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yes. I just watching the personalities kind of bounce off each other. You know, sometimes it's not another wrestler. Sometimes it's just kind of a generic presence that can ask generic questions. And then I can really think about how they would honestly answer.
0: Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm um okay so i want to ask what is your what what is your favorite fight that each that each generation has gotten into
1: oh goodness yes warren and eric like they uh they put the most drama into these matches warren Mm -hmm. uh, for me is definitely warren and vic once they finally kind of reconcile they they kind of reconcile off camera and Mm -hmm. then like it becomes an on-camera thing of like okay we're we're close to being friends in real life again but we need to finish this business in the ring just to really settle you know everything Mm. all the wrongs and and you know bad feelings so yes, once they kind of are in the same company again, they go to different companies and then they like mm-hmm. convene on kind of a neutral ground and the match they have is, I, I play it so many times in my head and it's just beautiful. Like this is really when the gimmicks, like the magical gimmicks kind of come into play because these mm-hmm. two know each other so well and, you know, knowing each other as kids and playing Mm -hmm. wrestling and doing like backyard wrestling as teenagers (laughs) where they're trying to make like their own homemade show or whatever
2: Mm -hmm. like I can
1: imagine Mm -hmm. all these kind of things converging into this match where they basically it's just a love letter to each other and then at the same time throughout all this story you have Tess and Tess is refusing to go to shows she doesn't want to be yeah. part of it in that way. She she has gone to a couple shows, and I feel like each one has its own significance in the story of, like, yes, I, I went for this important time for you just once, and then once more again for something important. But then coming mm-hmm. together for this, uh, she's there, she's with her dad, and she's really putting herself in the narrative at that point. Also, uh, she's a photographer, so she is taking pictures of this match, and... Creating her Mm. own art, which is, you know, just helping her find her place in this. So that is a very... That match kind of, like, synthesizes everything they've been through into one beautiful, cathartic, like, awe-inspiring match. And it's... In my head, you know, I can only... I mean, I know what kind of matches I like. I can tell mm-hmm. you which ones I find particularly good for what reasons. This would be a match that I would say would be one of the best of all time.
2: Yeah. And,
1: you know, I can say that because this is my universe. I can make everybody believe that. Who cares? Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is such a powerful match, I think, because everybody kind of knows the history and mm-hmm. they, they use their gimmicks so beautifully against each other. Mm-hmm. And then there's, there's something very similar for Eric on the indies because he has also gone through kind of a similar thing with his partner just kind of needing to understand each other both emotionally and professionally and there's just this beautiful Mm -hmm. match I put him in with basically all the best wrestlers in the area there's these group of indie kids you know every every area in wrestling kind of has an, an ace like a champion that's everybody agrees is like their representative so I put him in this match and just it's actually you know what it was it was a yeah, match sure. it's it's very self-indulgent for both me and him because in mm-hmm. the storyline it's essentially he's going in like three on one three wrestlers he has kind of wronged or rubbed the wrong way are aligning in this match to basically take him out and Mm -hmm. for someone like him who loves the drama and the 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 violence of it to him this is like a very exciting thing this is where he's gonna like paint the canvas with just his blood and his love and (laughs) <laughs> it's 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 a no rules three on one death match, which is an insane thing. I've never heard of that happening in real life, but it's gonna happen here <laughs> because he needs to you know express himself and he ultimately loses, but he does the most to ingrain his performance on the audience mind, like yeah, he has he, the special gear made he's like gimmick is just out in full force because i imagine when you're on the indies like this magical gimmick is like you know you're still trying to figure it out you're still trying to make it work and it's probably not at its strongest you know once you become Mm -hmm. a professional like on the big stage you're lighting the whole arena up and just like influencing people's minds and hearts with this kind of magical realism but mm-hmm. he this this match would be the point where he really like achieves the apex of his gimmick on the Indies like very abrasive and dark spooky kind of not not spooky so much but mm-hmm. it just yeah very grating abrasive but in a really powerful way that just turns heads
0: nice mm. um. I guess. Uh, uh, mm. Was there anything that you wanted to talk about with uh, with this universe of wrestlers before we go into the last question for today, Flighty?
1: Um, Let me look at my notes real quick. Yeah, hey, you're da, da. good. Yeah.
0: Go ahead. We got. We we have some wiggle room, but cool. I would like to. Uh, but but we're at the point where it's a good idea to start thinking about how about absolutely last, last thoughts.
1: <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um. Yeah, no, I've I've touched on a lot of my notes, so yeah, we can uh, to segue okay. into a last thing. Okay.
0: Oh, uh sorry. I just I was looking down at my whiteboard and then I realized that I had one more question to ask. Yes. Uh which was, uh what
1: do what do all of their lives look like after the ring? After the ring? Uh it's it's very much Mm, it's it's like Mm, kind of like how indie wrestling is now it's very communal but there are kind of like divisions you know Mm -hmm. the for there to be this kind of degree of realism there have to be people who cannot absolutely cannot be in the same room as each other so they're doing they're they're going out and drinking and having fun but also kind of like i don't know maybe like glaring at an enemy from across the bar um yeah, uh, for these younger nerds, you know, they're out having fun, but they're also such fans mm-hmm. of wrestling that they're also getting together and watching and enjoying the shows and trying to learn from, you know, the people at the mm-hmm. higher level. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's you know, kind of a rock and roll lifestyle, especially for the older generation. But for the newer generation, they're, they're having their fun, but they're also, you know all about their craft. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Nice. Um I guess the last question then for today, Flighty, is
1: mm-hmm.
0: why do you love all of these wrestlers so much? Why do you love Warren <laughs> and Vic and Eric and Eugene and also Tess who is not a wrestler but she's close enough to <laughs> she's close enough to
1: Count. She's, she's definitely part of the story for sure. Um I just I love how hard they work and how they're just kind of barreling forward, just kind of trusting their own instincts in a way, Mm -hmm, you know, learning mm -hmm. from what they go through, but also just trying to create something unique that's them, you know, that's, that's where kind of the best wrestling comes from is like, this is me. It's a different version of me. It's truthful. It's like dishonest. It's all these things but it's mm-hmm. it's something that's supposed to personally affect everybody who sees it, and yeah. I wanted that's definitely what I wanted to try to do with these kids is just yeah what would be the most affecting thing to me and I. You know, as sometimes I worry about being too self-indulgent, which I shouldn't, but I do. <laughs> but <laughs> the limit does I, not exist,
0: Flighty. The does limit does not. not exist. No,
1: you're absolutely right. But I feel like with these wrestlers, I've kind of found exactly what—not my limit is, but you know, what I would want to see and what would just mm-hmm. completely stir me and. It's it's the things that are that are real and honest, but you know, just mm-hmm. take it to another level. Uh just these <laughs> basically watching like breakups and uh you know <laughs> reunions but with special effects, you know, like if you yeah, broke up with yeah. your your partner and, you know, fireworks <laughs> went off or I don't and know. sometimes there's a steel <laughs> chair. Yes, exactly. It's a lot of wrestling is giving like catharsis to the emo- these emotions through violence, which you know not not the best like you don't need to solve your problems through violence, but that's just what the medium is and yeah, I, yeah. it's as the audience you also feel some catharsis watching it so yeah i I feel for all these these wrestlers so mm-hmm. much, and I just want the best for them. <laughs> Good. I also want the best for them.
0: I mean, heck, yes. we, we've been recording for for just over an hour, and I'm very <laughs> invested in all their happiness.
1: <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yes, because, yeah, at the end of the day, they are all just, you know, people. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they're literally not. They're just figments of my imagination. But, you know, within this universe, they're just people trying yeah, to do their best. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm uh so
0: i guess then this is the part of the podcast where i get to say thank you so much for coming on today and talking about all of your original characters i loved getting to hear about all of them and because i know there's more wrestlers than just these four (laughs) and tess Yes, i would love to hear more about them
1: in the future (laughs) oh certainly yes if i ever make a new generation you'll be the first to know about it i'm sure
0: absolutely i i and all my listeners would love to hear about them (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, so, the question then is, where would you like to be found on the internet? Do you have things that you would like to shout out and or promote?
1: Um, I'm Flighty Butlass on Twitter. Uh, I just post a lot of wrestling nonsense. Uh, sometimes I sell merchandise on there. Uh, yeah, I, nothing to promote, just... Uh, Look up Orange Cassidy on YouTube if you don't know about wrestling. Look up Orange Cassidy (laughs) or look up Danhausen and just have fun. Orange Cassidy is Jeans Boy. Orange Cassidy is Jeans Boy. Danhausen is Funny Ghoul. Nice. Nice. Yes. Like
0: Sven Ghouli, but if he was a jock. (laughs) (sighs) But yeah. Uh, In that case, then I'm going to go ahead and do my outro. Uh, And actually, before I do the actual podcast outro, uh, (laughs) this episode will be coming out, uh, this is the last uh, October episode, which means that if you are in the United States, it is going to be time to vote in your election very soon. Uh, Depending on where you live, there may be advanced voting options available, so you don't have to go on... I think it's the 9th. You don't have to go on whatever day election day is. You could go early. I highly recommend going early. And also, I can understand that uh, ballots can be very long. The ballot from my county is apparently 19 inches long if you print it out. (laughs) But I encourage everyone to vote the whole ballot, uh, because oftentimes down ballot races are the ones that will more closely affect your day-to-day life. Depending on what the issue is, of course, you know, if it's, it's civil rights like uh, abortion care or uh, protecting people who are who are trans, who are people of color, who are anywhere in in the queer community, those are obviously national issues, but also down ballot is still very important. Okay, I'm off my soapbox now. Time for the actual podcast outro. <laughs> The Home Wayward OCs is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. We can be found through Acast and your local podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is titled by Poddington Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. We can be reached at waywardocpod at gmail.com or at waywardocpod on Twitter. This podcast is partly recorded on the ancestral lands of the Kiakapui, Ka, Osage, and Yosheti Shukaun Oyate. If you'd like to talk about Wayward or the other Corner Podcast Network shows, we have our own Discord server. Uh, There should be a permit invite available on Twitter, and if not, just hit me up and we can get you the invite. And I'm always looking for guests to talk about their original characters, so uh, if you are somebody that you might know uh, might be interested, feel free to drop me a line. I also have a Google form that is the pinned tweet on the Wayward Twitter account that just has, like, stuff like pitch me your character and when can you record uh but that also can help figure out like if you don't know what oc to talk about it'd help it might help uh i guess (sighs) discerning feels like a weird word but it might help you uh just get some more thoughts going about which oc you'd like to talk about uh, and, as with all podcasts, it is always incredibly helpful if you can uh, rate and review us on your listening platform of choice, and especially recommending us to a friend, because that helps us to find a wider audience and to brighten more people's days. So, thank you all for listening. This has been Home For A and we hope you enjoyed your stay. Hello, my name is Christina, and thank you for checking into the Hum for Brito Seas. This is a podcast where our guest and I talk about our original characters: the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. And guest would you That's my whiteboard. I'm gonna do another take. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh god. Get it out of the way
1: early. <laughs> I was
0: gesturing too much and it just flew off my desk.
1: <laughs> I was also gesturing. Like I'm trying to build the energy with myself, just like <laughs> Yeah.
3: I don't care what management says. You'll never be just a jobber squash to me. You tried your best, and that's what matters.
2: How the hell did this happen?
3: I made the mistake of showing interest, and Miles, like a shark smelling blood in the water, hunted me down.
2: The goal of this podcast for me is to explain wrestling to people who are just dipping their toes in, and we're going to do that by watching NXT. It is going to be an NXT review show.
3: Okay, quick, Miles, I am tagging you in. This is a tag team affair. I forgot what a fall is. (laughs) Emma comes out dancing, which for anyone who has not seen it, is her throat chopping the air on either side of her. Cesaro gets Sami Zayn down and does this sexy hold. So he gets (laughs) Zayn's arms above his head on the mat. And in the fanfic, that is the instant sign of going in for a kiss. And for a second I was going, why is he not going in for a kiss? And then I remembered, (laughs) this is fighting. And that's probably that's right. not going to happen. But then they hold hands and do some moves while holding hands. And I just really enjoy that they were holding hands while they did some athletics together.
2: All right, Bob. What did your elf eyes see?
3: My elf eyes noted the sheer number of bobby pins holding Corey Graves' pompadour in place. <laughs> Mr. Darcy, I thank you for your frankness. You have done me the kindness of sparing any concern for your feelings when I refuse you. Indeed, you are the last man in the world whom I could ever be prevailed upon to tag team with.
2: (laughs) Introducing The Next Wrestling Fan, a podcast of fights and feels. Episode 0 comes out this Saturday, July 27th on Podcatchers Everywhere, and on August 10th we officially kick things off with episode number 1. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter, at NXT Wrestling Fan, and on our Facebook page, the NXT Wrestling Fan Podcast. And if you have friends among the NXT fandom, or wrestling fandom in general, or friends who are just generally wrestling curious, be sure to Irish Whip Them on our way. This trailer was produced by me. The music is Rocket by Kevin MacLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. Special thanks to everyone who helped us get this project off the ground. We will see you on Saturday.